0: Welcome, bonjour et bienvenue, this is the Community Trail Running Podcast, I'm your host, Adam Lee, thank you for joining me once again, so many podcasts out there and I so appreciate you spending a little bit of your time with me. It's episode 65 and we are going long with Jacob Pusey of Five Peaks in an in-depth look at what it takes to host a race series across the country here in Canada. Jacob and Five Peaks are the Vancouver Gold Sponsor for our screening of the Trail Running Film Festival. That's happening Thursday, April 4th at the Rio Theatre. Tickets are on sale now for the early bird price of $25, so get them before they go up January 1st. Other housekeeping today, Community Trail Running is on Facebook now as well. Follow us over there or on any of the other socials. Don't forget to like, rate, share, and subscribe. I really appreciate it. And next week, we will be back to the regular schedule. We'll be back on Monday. I've got Min Fam from Knack on the show for a behind the scenes look at what Knack is up to. It's a doozy. But so is today's show with Jacob. Let's go. Uh-huh. Today's guest is Five Peaks director Jacob Pusey. Jacob wears a lot of hats in the Canadian trail running world, and I'm excited to chat today about what it's like to run a race series nationally. Jacob, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Adam. Happy to be here. Before we get into Five Peaks, we should just hear about yourself. Tell us about a little bit about yourself and your relationship with trail running.
1: Yeah, um, I'm a runner. Uh, <laughs> I was a runner before I was a... Uh, a race director, obviously. And, um, I'm, I'm a lucky person that gets to, I guess, make a living doing what I love and trying to share what I love with other people and, and help them have hopefully positive experiences running. I am a father. I have four kids. Um, I live in interior BC, despite having events all over the country, um, the majority of what i do is, is behind a screen so I'm, I'm fortunate that i'm able to kind of live anywhere in the world uh, or work from anywhere in the world and, and uh so where i live is kind of the best of both worlds i get to live in the mountains um but it's a lot less expensive than some of the other mountain towns <laughs> so and it, and there aren't a whole lot of people so i i honestly see more sheep and deer and wild turkeys and bear than i usually see people and uh <laughs> As much as I like people, um, I, I get I get large doses of people in in small doses. So on event day, I get to be an extrovert. The other, you know, 300 days out of the year, I, I get to be an introvert. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, balance is important, right? And you certainly do bring the crowds out to Five Peaks. They're wonderful events. They're all over the country. Like you said, if you wouldn't mind, maybe just give us an overview of Five Peaks and then what you do as the director.
1: Um, so so we have in, in total about 30 different events, uh, nationwide. Um, and so there are regions throughout Canada and, um, in each region, we have a series of, of five races. And, um, so we have a series in like the Vancouver area. We have a series in the Edmonton area, in the Calgary area, um, and in the, in the GTA area. Uh, and then we also have other bonus events or, or standalone events that, are still under that um five peaks umbrella and uh but yeah the five peaks series events in particular there's usually at least one usually two uh kids races so like a a free 1k kids race approximately it's trail running so approximately 1k and then there's maybe a more competitive 3k kids race and then we usually have two or three um other distance categories that we call them sport, enduro and grit, um, is up to about a half marathon or sometimes even 25K, just depending on the environment and what, <laughs> how much of a route we can create. <laughs> um, and, and so it really is more of an intro to trail running for most people. It's, it's meant to be, um, as inclusive as possible. It's meant to encourage people of all ages, abilities, ambitions. So, you know, we've hosted the the Canadian mountain running championships. And, and for a lot of people, you know, we, we actually have like a hiking group in, in some of the regions. Uh, like, so it's in some respects, it's just a safe, accessible way for people to get out in nature, uh, with other people and, uh, in a hopefully in in not so intimidating fashion. So there are other races that, you know, uh, that can do that for you. And, 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 certainly some of our, some of our roots do that and, and the intensity at which someone approaches it can certainly, you know, take it to that level, but, but we, we, we want, we want as many people as possible to be able to learn, to love and enjoy the outdoors. So, yeah.
0: And obviously, you know, you're, you're building community by doing this and making sure that you, you can invite everyone out to your events, how, then is your role from the national level because you're not necessarily down at each individual event all the time so how do you manage that nationwide
1: we have race directors in each region and so i guess if you wanted to think of it in business terms it's like they're regional managers um so they're the face of five peaks um, along with our ambassadors and and um and and then like you you know we we try to put our our logo on uh on as much as possible so every participant, uh, at Five Peaks is the face of Five Peaks too. But, um, our race directors are, you know, typically the, the boots on the ground, um, on race day and they rally the community. They usually, you know, have their finger on the pulse. It it, it is interesting, uh, just like how distinct and unique, uh, each, each region is and each community is. And so there is kind of a different flavor, um, in each region and, um, and so it's nice to have you know someone who's indigenous to, to to that that area, so to speak, like who who actually understands the culture in that specific um, area. And uh, I feel really fortunate that I'm able to work with some incredible people um, in those roles um, throughout the country. Um, we've got just incredible people with different gifts and and different skill sets, and and so it's actually really nice. We feel like we're able to complement one another, not just me and them, but like we're able to share ideas and and learn about what is effective or helpful in one region Um, some of our instructors are really good at marketing especially grassroots marketing with investors others just like create great courses and they really love getting into the map side of things and um and some are really good at delegating and others are (laughs) really good at doing it all and (laughs) they're not but and so like it it's, it's fun to learn, um, from, from each race director. And then it's weird to think of myself as, as an owner or as a boss. Um, but cause I'm, I'm just, just a dude, but, um, I, I try to manage and learn from and, and empower each of those race directors. And then, um, you know, I, I love being on site, um, on race day and I, my kids love <laughs> attending the races. They love running the races. They love passing the, the finisher swag out at the end. Like, I mean, they, when we're there, we're, we're, we're there at 6 a.m. So like we're, if we go to a race, like it's, it's usually a road trip, so to speak. And, um, and surprisingly, like even, even my five-year-old son, like he can't wait to get up before the sun comes up and then <laughs> and, 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 like his favorite thing to do is like break down boxes and they like to work at the merch tent. so like, even my kids like doing different things and. It's, it's their favorite. It's like Christmas every day we get to go to, to a five peaks race, um, for my kids. And so, uh, it's pretty cool. Like I get to bring my kids to work, um, uh, fairly regularly. And then on the other days I'm able to work from home. And so it, 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 it's something I'm really proud of mostly because my kids are proud of it. And it, and, and it's also something that like When I do bump into strangers or like people that I, that don't know me or who I am when it comes to five Peaks, and I see them wearing something that's five Peaks, like that, it it makes me feel really good. Like, wow, that, that person is proud of, of something that we've created or that we're, that I get to be a part of too. And so I, um, on race day, like my goal is usually to not be visible and just like, that's the introvert in me, but also like, because I don't like to micromanage and, and I have some incredible race directors and so like, usually what i say like you know I'm, I'm here to do whatever you need me to do but preferably will you send me out on course like as far <laughs> out as possible you know and like i'll i'll be the high fives out on course but but not the not the guy putting out the fires um unless you need me to do that so yeah
0: yeah i i like that it's really cool um first of all that you have that network of race directors and that you can all work off of each other it's wonderful when you don't feel like you're alone doing something so to be able to reach out like that's cool and then the fact that you're the family side of things is so important to you and that comes through on race day with families and that is really fun as well Um, all of that leads to how you run a successful business I'm so pumped to actually chat with you about the business side of things especially these days there's a lot of interest in in how how to run a series, how to start a race, and that kind of thing. Full disclosure for everyone at home, Five Peaks has been a sponsor of the Vancouver Film Festival here that I ran last year. We're going to continue that relationship this year, and Jacob sent me a few questions that he gets often ahead of time, but we're going to use them because they're awesome. With all of that said, let's start. I think about signing up for a race. I try and sign up as fast as possible to save some bucks, but before that's even happened, you've had to put the event together. How do you decide to go forward with an event, and what's that process look like? Yeah. Well, I think it's probably
1: somewhat similar to to what you experience as um, the director, or when when you're when you're determining whether or not uh, to to put on a film fest. Because you and I have had some conversations, and and you you kind of start with is there a demand, and and then um, what's <laughs> where is there a demand and um, where are some venues that we might be able to consider and what is the cost of that venue and what are the other costs? And so, um, you know, we, we've talked numbers already about potential film fests in different areas based on what the venue costs, what's the, what's the break even number of people that you need, like, what do you need to charge in order to minimum just cover the cost of putting that on. And um, as much as people don't like to think of putting on some people, th- think that there's something, you know, wrong with, uh, putting on races, uh, for profit and, and to be fully transparent. Like I may have been one of those people <laughs> in a former life too. Like the first 10 years of race directing for me, I did it solely on a volunteer basis, like a hundred percent of anything that was made went straight to, um, it didn't go into my pocket. It went to pay for the event and then anything that was left over went to charities and, and, and to other, uh, causes. For which we were putting on those events and and that's just it was just a labor of love it still is a labor of love but then when when it is like wow i 30 events it it is a full-time job like more than a full-time job like i i used (laughs) i used to have a full-time job where i had like work-life balance i don't have that anymore but um (laughs) uh and i'm not complaining but like it, it i work a lot of hours And so, yeah, it, it, it eventually it became my full-time job. Uh, and, and so I do have to, you know, make those basic questions of what's, what's the cost of the venue. And that, that varies from region to region. It varies from venue to venue, um, some are public, some are private. Um, sometimes there's a, it's a flat fee. Sometimes it's a per participant fee. Um, sometimes it's both, sometimes there's a per car per vehicle fee. And so then it's like. So is there a cap at that place? And so if there's a cap, let's say there's a cap of 300, then it's like, okay, how do we, how do we make this event? What do we have to charge in order to cover our costs at 300 versus 500 or versus 800? And, and so, uh, it's, it's identifying, you know, how great is the demand and, (laughs) and what, what is the capacity? And then finding that, that magic number and, and to be completely honest, some events make money and some events lose money. And, and, and so I guess that's a a pro and a con of, of having as many events as we do. Um, but, but it is something that we have to ask ourselves because you can only have so many loss leaders, you know, you, you, you can't lose money on every event, but you also can't, um, you know, float the other events, um, off of one or two events. Like you, you do need to break even, or, or, you know, maybe do a little bit better. And so. Yeah, there, there are a lot of costs. There's, there's insurance, uh, there's medical, there's toilets even. So like, if you're at a facility that has toilets on spot on site and they're, they'll allow you to use those, you, you kind of figure what that will be. Or if you're going to have to bring in five or 10 portable toilets, like what's that going to cost? And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, for a guy who, who studied, um, linguistic anthropology and spent like more than a decade of my life, like trying to revitalize indigenous languages and species. Like this is, this is a foreign language to me in terms of like (laughs) crunching numbers and and trying to make money by helping people go get dirty in the, in the woods, you know? So, um, but at the same time, like it, it really is what I love doing. And, and it, um, it is very rewarding, um, in terms of at least intrinsically seeing, um, how how much it impacts others and, 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 uh, as much as I'm, I'm more of a qualitative kind of person, uh, that that's why I studied anthropology. Um, I do crunch the numbers every single day and I see where we're at and And it's, it's, um, it's heartening to see that that many people love what we're offering and, and that it takes that many people to be able to, <laughs> to pay, to, to do it, you know? And, um, so yeah, that's, uh. I don't know if that makes sense, but
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely, it does. I, I, I'd like to go back just a little bit to on the like, um, because each series has five races, and and as you said, some make money, some don't. What is there a point where you have to pull the plug and move somewhere else, but you still have to keep up the presence? I imagine. I imagine that's why you have five races. You have to be out there.
1: Yeah, maybe it's too soon, but um, we tried to expand uh, last year in like, I mean, historically our races in Ontario have been, um, the venue fees are expensive gotcha. and so, but they've also had great, like higher capacities. So we, we were historically, you know, 800 or more people at, at 600, to 800, whereas NBC that that's like our biggest race. And, and whereas, you know, we, we had five or six in Ontario and so we, we started adding bonus races and then we are like, Hey, why don't we try a holding series GTA is huge. And so maybe we could. Try moving a little bit further east it seemed like there was a demand and and inflation and, and other things may have been factors but also even just saturating the market like we we added i feel like we added too many too soon this last year and and we we did not it, it it wasn't just that we didn't make money we we were losing money even on what were historically like our our money making races because we kind of like cannibalized our, right. our, our own you know we we uh the goose that laid the golden egg so to speak um and uh we i wouldn't say we got greedy we just we we tried to see, see what was available because there 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 appeared to be a demand but maybe we just uh were a little too aggressive and so we actually had to pull it back and then go back to like the previous year was was our best year and it was that was a right out of the right pandemic so like okay people are excited to gather but like I felt like we were in a pretty good place. So it was like, okay, let's, let's add three more races. And, and that was too much. It, um, it, it, it really hurt our, not just our bottom line, but like it, it even hurt some of the other events and and impacted our budget nationwide. And so, uh, we, yeah, we had to make that difficult decision because we, we did like, we, we, we reached new people. Like we, there, there was a demand and, and, and but we just couldn't, it wasn't sustainable. We weren't, we weren't covering our costs and and then we weren't making enough money at enough events to to cover the collective costs of of the series and so yeah we we've, we've had to do that and and we you'd be surprised how many times people reach out you know like um whether it's um way on the east coast um or or even like manitoba or saskatchewan uh, or even interior bc we we've tried to create series in this area you know people ask me you know why don't you have races here and it's like well Cause we can't charge what we charge. There aren't enough people like we, we can't charge what we charge, um, at our other races, um, and, and only have a third of that number of people show up. You, you cannot pay to put that, it's not yeah. even like, even if you just did it voluntarily or like for fun or like for the community, it, it, it won't pay for itself. And so and that's that's a most people just d- don't realize how many <laughs> how many line items are are in that budget for each race um and so i mean one of the ways we're actually able to offer races at at as lower prices as we are is because we are able to like when we order swag we can order it in the thousands you know w- versus you know if you order something even in 200 a quantity of 200 you're you're paying possibly double what we pay for it or or something like that and so So we are able to streamline some things that way um and and keep the cost as low as possible when we do it that way but it's still it still adds up um and and it's risky because sometimes we don't we we don't know until after we've opened registration like you know like how much a lot of times you know a venue won't even tell us hey we've raised the price and it's like we already started we already opened registration and and we can't we can't come up with that difference or uh, or, Hey, we've added this additional fee <laughs> that wasn't in the contract, but we've just, this is, this is new this year. And it's like, yeah, but we opened last year. And, and so, yeah, they're the last couple of years has been tough because we've. We've tried really hard to not increase costs unnecessarily. And, and we actually haven't for three years. Um, but the cost of everything, has gone up. <laughs> the cost of
0: everything, food,
1: gas, storage, shipping, uh, swag, you know, everything has gone up. And so it's like uh, toilets, medics, you know, every, everything has gone up, but it's like, it's, that's, that's uh sticker shock. You know, when people see it yeah. you know, like, oh, I can't, I can't believe I'm paying that much. It's like, yeah, our insurance went up and our, you know, all of it went up. So it's, it, it's, it's hard uh to, to feel good about what you're doing and not also not feel like, e- even when I know that I'm not gouging people, it's, it's hard even when the optics are like, <laughs> that there's, there's some greed behind, you know, just trying to cover the costs just to, just to keep the the series afloat. I, I, I think I was in the same boat as a lot of race directors and that like, had it not been for people doing virtual events during the pandemic and stuff like that. I mean, we, we're still kind of making up for, for some of our fixed costs that didn't go away, even, <laughs> even when we weren't bringing in uh, a lot of money. And so, so I I'm glad that five peaks is still around, but, but it, it. been some lean years for sure
0: (laughs) no kidding and that's like we have to expect these events and these and the people that run them to live a sustainable life if they're full-time committed they need to be able to make a living or else the events are going to dry up it sounds like you kind of feel as though you have you're constantly justifying it though Ooh, well you sound like my therapist um (laughs) uh Oh, I'm not I'm not making enough to do that. <laughs>
1: yeah, it it is surprising. The no, uh, by and large, people are very kind. Uh, they're they're very grateful and thankful and, and they're they're generous with their praise and things. Um, uh, I, I guess a fault of mine is I'm a perfectionist and I'm a pleaser and I like to um, I really want to make sure that people are having a good time, but it it, it, it is very challenging when people, um, I guess have the expectation that we're, that we're Amazon or something like that, that there's, (laughs) that there's like a return policy, like, Hey, I did this race and, uh, I I tripped on a rock. And and so uh, therefore I had a negative experience and therefore, (laughs) therefore I want a refund and I want you to like, you know, give me a pass for next year. So It was like, I don't know what to tell you, but like (laughs) that's trail running, you know, and, um. So those those people are few and far between, but it is surprising. Um I, I guess like any business that or any any interaction with people, um, occasionally people surprise you.
0: <laughs> yes, they are they are good at that for sure. Um, maybe if you don't mind, a little more nuts and bolts into the races there. Just talking about you, you know, you open registration and then you get hit with some surprise costs. Is there Is that part of the reason that you open registration so far ahead is that you can kind of start mapping out what's going to happen? Um, In part, uh, the other part is
1: that um, in part because we do things in such large quantities, but also just like supply chain stuff has been crazy. um, And as has fulfillment of whatever is, is being produced and that doesn't matter if we're doing things locally like we do everything we possibly can to work with local artisans for our awards and 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 even you know for our t-shirts or um or headwear whatever we do we try to do as much as we can locally but even people who <laughs> sometimes i don't find out until after the fact that that a a canadian supplier is still waiting on an item from some other part of the world um so like even metals, like just the clasp of a metal to go between to to adhere whatever it is, whether it's ceramic or whatever else to to the um, to the ribbon like that that for whatever reason isn't produced here in Canada. And so like we've had delays on metals despite paying six months in advance, you know, or or this this past year, we ordered 3000 carabiner mugs. the this the stainless steel part was was here in canada but the carabiners were coming in from out of the country without notifying us and they were on a barge and i mean even before the pandemic we had to um order things well in advance but like i'm ordering things now for april i'm ordering things now for october and and there's an expectation that we at a minimum we pay a deposit but but I think a lot of people got burned during the pandemic and almost everyone is expecting to be paid like upfront. <laughs> and then in addition to that, like a race happens and then we're hit with invoices, just like boom. Like right. some, it, sometimes we have to pay things in advance. Like we will often have to pay for the toilets in advance or or, or even just a, a deposit to secure a venue and stuff like that. And then what people don't understand is with the online registration, we actually don't even receive those funds until after the race. Um, it's two weeks after the race. And so, and so, but, but people are under the impression that if they send you an invoice, that because there's now e-transfers, you're just supposed it's there. The money is supposed to appear in their bank account. Like the second it hits your inbox and it's like, so you have to have money in your account to pay things out as they go. And then, and then people do need to understand that, you know, that it truly is a handful of people that are working like working for five weeks, it's an army of people who, is, who are volunteering for five weeks, but there, it really is like there it's me and the race directors and I, I'm, I'm the only one doing it full-time. The race directors are doing it, you know, the, the, the five races a a year, but it, they do a lot more than <laughs> that, you know, that, uh, than just the single day. Um, um, and so it, we are working year round, um, to, to promote, to market, to, to do all those things. And so, you know, I, pay a graphic designer to help me with things and and people to help me with the website. And so there, there are fees, there are storage fees there. Are, so, so there are fees that are coming in year round. And, and that's the other thing is that a lot of times when people wonder where the money goes or, or if an event were to be canceled, or if, uh, if someone wanted to refund, it's like by the time race day comes around, the money has already been spent. Like the. I mean, even if we haven't received the money, we've, we've had to spend it just to like produce the event. And then, you know, we show up on race day and whether that person shows up or not, it's like we bought a banana and it had their name on it, you know, and, um, and it's, uh, I, I hope it doesn't sound like I have sour grapes. It's, it, it's definitely, it's the site of event directing that I, that I have to deal with a lot, but it's, it's certainly not the, the fun part. <laughs> uh, the, the fun part is showing up and, and handing people those those uh, awards, you know, as they're as they're crossing the finish line and, and seeing the pride that they feel or you know that that satisfaction that they they experience, but there is a, a cost even to that item that I'm handing them. So
0: I definitely appreciate you going through the 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 gutters with us here and some of the not so fun stuff. But I think it's actually important that we all get a chance to hear from someone who's going through the trenches like that, though. Uh, you mentioned working with venues and, and how they can cost different things in different par- places. I imagine ski resorts would be a venue uh, that you have to deal with. But just in general, like what kind of venues are you dealing with and how does that relationship work? And it must be a big part of your cost. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. and And it is it's also something that we do and we have to think about well in advance like before we can even you know announce a date we, we we're we already planning for the next season while we're in this like in this season and so um a lot of it has to do with one what's available and and what the costs will be but but also um just establishing a rapport between generally the regional race director and and whoever the site manager is and so sometimes you know that might be a provincial park um it might be a municipal park um it might be um it, it may be a, a ski resort um it, it, it may be a combination of, <laughs> of public and private um the crown land is interesting in that respect um that if the, if a if a resort has a tenure it kind of supersedes anything with you know it, you 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 get your permit from them not from someone else so so it, there are a lot of different jurisdictions um and, and different permitting processes that we work with and um and ultimately it's it comes down to to our race directors and sometimes even our ambassadors will come to us and say, Hey, there's this great venue, we should check it out. And maybe because yeah, sometimes we'll, we will have done something historically. And then all of a sudden, either they just jack the prices up way too much or, or they're doing construction and there's not enough room for parking or, or different things like that, or they, or they lower the cap for whatever reason. There may be even environmental, you know, habitat rehabilitation type things. So there's all sorts of things that can happen. And, and so it's nice to, have as many options as possible and just know uh what's out there um in we, we have a couple private venues in in ontario um so one is the trail hub and so it's it's an it's a venue designed specifically for like mountain biking and and running uh hiking um but they also you know have weddings and dances and um uh and so that's that's a venue that we work with um and and there's another venue that's yeah. At a, it's a it's an orchard slash cidery and so like we're we're on someone's orchard like on their property and we're running through that and then we finish and have a fresh cider like that's so that's a, that's one of our newer events and one of our newer venues and it, it's cool it's 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 getting further out um uh into the uxbridge area and so it we're connecting with uh some new faces um as we're as we're moving that way but So, so yeah, it really is just kind of, it, it, it varies on, on the, the environment, I guess, and, and just what is available, but each of those relationships are really important. And, um, and that's one thing that, uh, I mentioned you, you spoke with Dave. That's, that's one thing that I really appreciate about Dave is he's been our course manager before he was the race director in, in BC for quite a while. And, and he also does some course managing for, or at least helps with some of the course with, uh, Jeff and Gary's races, uh, with coast Mountain and some, some of the other things. And so he really does have a good rapport, um, with a lot of the, the people, um, the managers, and and that's similar in, in each of our regions where, um, you know, so sometimes I'm the one I'm, I'm the one guy with the credit card. So sometimes they contact me to pay the bill or whatever, um, or to, to fill out some of the paperwork that signs, you know, <laughs> or or gives them the a certificate of insurance or whatever. But it, it really is our, our race directors, like our regional race directors that that manage a lot of that.
0: I want to end things, uh, and I feel like you've kind of gone over this as we've gone through it, but I wanted to give you a chance to do it succinctly. Why why do you do this? Yeah, um, I
1: don't know that I'm capable of doing it succinctly, but I, I think, um, so, when I was in grad school we did the Myers-briggs um and I was you know very into what I was doing academically and and the results came back and 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 it was an applied anthropology program so it was like okay so what are you gonna do with you've been studying people and languages and you know, and and I hated being in a classroom and like it was just like I was claustrophobic the whole time and I was just like I can't imagine doing this but but the results came back and said that um I would I'm best suited for forestry and fisheries and I was like sweet um I'd rather do that than, you know, being be a, a, a stuffy college, you know, I basically I need to be outdoors and and I feel like most people need to be outdoors. And um, I see that in my kids and I see that in, in most people in society. And so, um, and like I said, I like doing a lot of that on my own, just like totally solo or just me and the dogs or just me and a small group of people. But I love seeing how much nature can impact people and like, it is it is unlike anything else like um i i've directed indoor track meets or you know I've, I've i've done indoor events and they're it's just not the same thing as running on trails and um and splashing through puddles like when i see my kid like when it rains and i'm just like ah, don't jump in the mud we don't have time to go. like we're getting in the car at the same time it's like that's what like people pay me to to get to go play in the puddles you know like that's that's pretty cool that like that we get to be adults or the, or the kids get to be kids and, and actually like get dirty but like that that people my age or older you know get to go splash in the mud and and feel cool about it you know and and in in a socially acceptable safe way and um but also just just that we meet some incredible people like um the, my favorite people in the world i I've, I've met through running um and and sometimes competing like competing to the line, you know, just like neck and neck the whole way and, and they become great friends or, or people who've helped me out, um, you know, when I've been in a tough spot and they've offered me a gel or something like that in a race, uh, or even just an encouraging word like those, those relationships last for a, a lifetime or, or even people that I volunteered with like that we're total strangers, but then we, we spent, you know hours in the trenches, you know, trying to help other people have a good time. And then you (laughs) you get to know people really well that way. So, so anyway, the community is incredible, but, but nature is incredible. And the fact that we get to like tie it all together with a bow and, and, and feel good about it, it, it's a, it's a very rewarding thing. So maybe I'm selfish, but I, I really like, I like feeling good about what I do on a daily basis and, and, and most days I feel good about what I'm doing. So,
0: yeah. Well, we definitely appreciate you giving us the opportunity to play in the puddles. Tell people where they can find out where they can run in all the puddles with, puddles with Five Peaks and maybe where they can follow you as well, Jacob.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, so th- the best place to find information about Five Peaks is at five, that's number five, and then peaks, P-E-A-K-S dot com. Um, and then we're on social media on on Facebook and on Instagram and on X, uh, and whatever that other thing is called that is a offshoot of, uh, of Instagram. Um, all of that is at five peaks run or five peaks trail running. Um, and then I'm on Instagram at Jacob Pusey, um, but follow five peaks. I I'm, I'm usually not wearing very many clothes. Um, cause I, don't like to wear clothes i'm either wearing <laughs> too many clothes or not wearing any clothes but there's there's nothing too too fancy about it um unless you just want to see pictures of cute puppies
0: um but uh yeah follow five peaks and you can learn all you want about trail running it, so. i love it thank you so much a huge thank you to jacob pusey a huge thank you to all of you listening shout out to race volunteers everywhere like all of those with five peaks and until next time i'm adam lee and this is community trail running